0: please visit our website at concordunited.org. It's
1: wonderful to be with you today as we we begin the new year and we begin a series on the Holy Spirit. And as you think about this new year we're experiencing, uh, much of what this new year will mean will be based on what happened in in previous years that brings us to this point. And much of what God is going to do in our lives this year, God has been preparing us for through the work of the Holy Spirit. We we, we call that the backstory are you aware how important backstories are? Um, apparently backstories are pretty big business. I'm, I'm not that up to date uh, on TV shows. My kids largely control the remote in my household. I just, like, just this past year, I, I saw this show and I heard people and I was, they began to tell me, they're, they're like, Yellowstone's a thing. And I was like, oh, that's that one with Kevin Costner that I flipped past. They're like, yes, that's a thing. And at the point I figured out it was a thing, they already have the backstory, right? 1923, it's, it's, it's coming out. They, they've already moved on to the backstory. Uh, if, if you like Star Wars... Star Wars makes billions of dollars off backstories, right? Star Wars will do a movie about a backstory of a main character so that they can take a minor character out of the backstory of the main character movie and do a whole mini-series on the minor character's backstory, right? That, that, that's, that's what they'll do there. It's, it's just become this, this huge thing. Marvel, uh, it's, it's all about backstories, all about what, you know where where did, where did you come from? You know uh, who who are you and 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 all that and there's all this money tied up in backstories. Well, I want to share with you in the Christian faith we have a backstory. The Bible provides us with our backstory. It tells us the backstory of where we came from. Uh, which, if you don't know your backstory, uh, you're not going to be able to figure out what anything means, right? Uh, you you. You just won't. So we want to encourage you to be a part of the January reading plan and uh, think... Uh, this will go along with our message series on the Holy Spirit, and I think will really help you come to more fully understand your backstory of what God's doing in the world, what God's doing in your life, and where, where God's leading you. So you can find that at, you can find a copy printed out at the Information Center. Also at concordunited.org. Not only can you find the reading plan, but you can sign up for daily devotions based on the scriptures you'll be reading uh, in email or podcast form uh, that will give you a uh, devotion and a prayer focus for each Day and I don't know of a better thing you could do to start the new year. Because um, if you don't understand backstories, if you don't understand God's backstory for you, uh, life's going to be hard. If, if, you, if you don't believe backstories are important, I want you to, to do something with me for a moment. I, I want you to imagine that you're an alien, okay? And you've gotten on a UFO and you have come to Earth and you're an alien that can shift shapes. So you're gonna make yourself look like a human, and your commander has ordered you to go to East Tennessee, and you're supposed to research the culture and the social patterns of the people in East Tennessee. And I want you to imagine that your starship, you landed here sometime around August. And when you landed, you found out that all these people in East Tennessee they go to this place called Neyland Stadium a lot. And they all get together and it seems like the, you're not sure if it's like religious or what's going on there. And, and so you decide you're gonna go and research it. And so you show up and you show up and it's a hot day in September and you see the University of Tennessee is playing, you know, Northwest C- Central Technical Institute for the unathletic. And, <laughs> and they win 85 to nothing. And everyone kind of nods their heads and goes home after the game. And you think this was an interesting ritual and you write a report about it. And, and then you come back and a few weeks later, you notice people are gathering again. And this time when you go, uh, the other team is dressed in crimson and, and they don't win by 85, they win by three and everyone goes bananas. And they tear out grass from the field and and they get out these cigars and and they take these big metal poles and throw them in the river. Like, and you're like, why weren't we excited when we won by 85? If you're an alien, right? Because you don't know the backstory. If you know the backstory, it makes sense. If you don't know the backstory, it's absolute ridiculousness. Uh, Folks, if you don't know the backstory of your life, It's just chaos. It's ridiculous. Do you know your own backstory? Do you know where you came from? Do you know why God put you here? Uh, And uh, when we think about our backstories, it's the backstory of God that we all share together. And then it's our own unique backstories that, that God's given to us. If you don't believe backstories are a thing, just go and read a little bit about birth order. Right. If you're an oldest child, if you're a middle child, if you're a youngest child, and the first time you'll, you read about birth order, I guarantee what you'll do is you'll sit there and you'll go, I thought I was unique you know, and you're like, but you recognize so much of yourself in that. And I want to let you know, you are unique and you're just like everybody else. Both those things are true simultaneously. I can't quite explain it, but I've spent over 40 years researching it. And that's the best I can do to tell you the truth about life. You're absolutely unique. You're absolutely like everybody else, right? Um, Both, both, both those are true, but we see that and we realize where we came from affects us. And where we came from affects where we're going. And some of us may have backstories in our personal family lives that we're really thankful for. Some of us may have backstories in our personal family lives that we're just really thankful we survived. But either way, God brought us through those experiences and God uses those experiences to guide who, who we're gonna be. I have a friend who's a musician. And one of the tough things about being a musician is that people don't often pay you unless you ask them to, right? And so you have to be real intentional about what it costs, or you can end up working real hard uh, and uh, having no money for yourself and your family if you're a musician. And I called him the other day, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, um, I'm, I'm giving music lessons. And I'm like, oh, you, you know, I, go, I said, well, well, good for you. I'm glad you can make a little on the side. And he's like, no, uh, I'm doing it for free. And I'm like, you can't do that. I'm like, I don't want to have to support you in your old age. You can't do that. And he's like, no. He's like, I'm teaching this kid piano. I'm like, what? I'm like why are you doing that for free? And he's like, because I know this kid. Because this kid just loves it. This kid just craves it. And doesn't have the resources on their own to get all the training. And he, sa- he said, I was that kid. I was that kid. He said, I never do this but I'm doing it for that kid because I was that kid. He recognized the backstory and he recognized perhaps why he was put in that kid's life because somebody had been put in his life and gave him a chance to do what he really wanted to do in life. Our backstory matters. So I want to share with you today that the Holy Spirit has given us all a backstory and you might realize it, you might not, but it's been given to you. And I want to begin with the backstory that connects us all, uh, that makes us all the same. And then we're going to move from there to the backstory that makes us all unique. This comes from Genesis 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while wind from God swept across the face of the waters. Now let's linger for just a moment there on verse 2 while a wind from God swept across the face of the waters. Okay, what's happened there is that this word wind, there's no perfect translation out of Hebrew for this word. This word that means wind also means spirit. And so uh, this is the spirit of God that sweeps across the waters. In Hebrew, they would have understood it to be both. Uh, In In English, we just don't have a word that that does a good enough job there. Uh, But so this is what the Holy Spirit's doing. Uh, At first, it says the earth is formless and void. It's just chaos. The the Spirit of God sweeps across the waters. Uh, Then God said, let there be light, and there was light and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And if we were to go on, what we see is that this Spirit of God, this wind of God, continues to sweep across the earth, and it brings order out of chaos. It takes uh, what was just this this watery wasteland, and, and it makes oceans, and it makes dry land. And then you have plants and you have animals and, and finally you have humans, all this that that comes in, in into being. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit makes order and goodness out of chaos. That's, that's how creation took place. And because of this creation, we all find ourselves within this uh, that God started to tell a story at creation. And it's a story that God's continuing to tell through us. Now, some of us might honestly wonder, is there really a God who put all this here? Uh, or uh, is this just science that put all this here? Uh, friends, the answer is yes, there's a God who created science um, that, that put us here. Uh, if, if you struggle with that, uh, lots of us have, have asked those questions, especially at those times when God doesn't seem close, when it seems hard to, to hear God but I want you to ask yourself some other questions. I want you to ask yourself the question, uh, what put love here? Like scientifically, using the scientific method, how do you explain love? I would argue the scientific method, right? Uh, and, and really, uh, the idea of being an atheist who didn't believe in God didn't come into prominence in our world until the scientific method came into prominence in our world about the 18th century. And I'm thankful the scientific method is here. Uh, I love all of you who work in Oak Ridge. Uh, lo- 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 love, love you very much. But religiously, we didn't always know what to do with it. And so, so some, sometimes we, we didn't recognize uh, that the scientific method... Uh, which is right, you create a hypothesis, you create a test, you test it, proves that there's more to life than the scientific method can prove. Here's how I, I uh, take the scientific method and ask it why do we feel love? I feel love for it? Some people will tell you it's because there are chemicals in your brain that tell you that, that uh, make us attracted to one another, make us care about one another, uh, because it's better for the procreation of our species, right? Maybe, but you know, I have noticed that uh, roaches procreate pretty well. Yeah. I I don't see anything. I don't see anything in the roach community that approaches romantic love, or familial love, or friendship. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they have these things. Uh, I'm too busy stomping them out to observe them. Um, <laughs> but I don't think they do. I think there is another way we could have, uh, you know, survived and thrived as a species. Uh, beauty, where, where does beauty come in, right? How do you explain the, that we just see something? And, like, I don't have to tell you a sunset's beautiful. You, you just get that, right? Uh, y- y- you, we, we don't have to be told things that art is beautiful. We don't, music, we, when, when we hear our band sing, we don't, we don't just suddenly think, oh, you know what? They really kept the tempo very well and they were on tune. That deserves applause, right? No, it's beautiful. It touches our hearts. It's, it's not a technical experience. It's a, it's a spiritual experience experience and so we have to ask ourselves when we look at creation if not God who surely we're here for a reason because the only thing crazier than believing there's a God who put all this here is believing that all this is here and there's no God because everything had to come from something Uh, nothing just just is eternally everything comes comes from from something and what God's done is God's taken the Holy Spirit and, and God has said, okay, uh, I'm going to bring order out of all this chaos and I'm going to make it into creation where people can can thrive and where ultimately they can come to, to know me. And, and this is where uh, we find not only are we the same, but we're also unique in the way the Spirit is working in our lives. I want to share this with you from... Uh, the book of Acts chapter two. And this is on the day of Pentecost. The apostle Paul's been preaching, uh, or excuse me, the apostle Peter has been preaching about Jesus. And these people in Jerusalem are beginning to see, oh oh no, we misunderstood who Jesus was. Some of these people would have been the same people who joined in the crowd that shouted to crucify him. And they're beginning to say, oh no. We didn't realize who he was. Then Peter says this, now It says that when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you, for your children and for all who are far away. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. This call, this personal call to each of us to repent, to turn around. And remember, when you do that, it says you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the same spirit that brought creation into being, walking with us, living in our lives. And I wanna let you know that the Holy Spirit's already walking beside you. Whether you realize it or not, whether you believe in God or not, God's already there. Uh, Receiving the gift is like unwrapping it. It's accepting it. It's allow, inviting the Holy Spirit in to live in you uh, and living your life by, by the Holy Spirit and coming to learn what, what that means and how, how to do that. And what, what happens when you do that is you find that what the Holy Spirit will do is the Holy Spirit not only uh, brought goodness and order to creation, but the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that God's still creating. And the Holy Spirit makes goodness and meaning out of the chaos of our lives. That's That's what the Holy Spirit does. Takes the chaos we're living in and makes goodness and meaning out of it. And so uh, we find that if you live long enough, you're going to encounter some chaos. And some of us encounter chaos because we live and we basically make life about us. Now, we might be emotionally well-adjusted, basically polite, decent people but we end up making life about us. And life becomes about how many things that we want to achieve and acquire, we can achieve and acquire, and how quickly we can do so, how well we can do so. And if you live that way long enough, what you're gonna find is that either you experience chaos because you can't actually do what you're trying to do, or you find your life bound up in chaos because you do exactly what you set out to do, and then you discover somehow it doesn't, fulfill you. Somehow all that acquisition and achievement doesn't keep you warm at night and when the world for you stops operating by the rules that you think the world should operate by we call that chaos. Others of you are going to have a different experience. Some of you are going to have the experience that you decide that life's about helping others which to some degree it is. We, we, we are pro-service here at, in, at uh, Concord United Methodist. That's a big part of who Jesus was. I don't wanna say it's not. Um, by the way, Mission Blitz is next week. You should sign up. We need about 600 of you to sign up. Uh, but you'll just say, my life is completely about serving others and keeping other people happy, right? And so you make your life just about taking care of others, just about keeping them happy. And you know what you discover real quick? you can't keep them happy. Probably they're annoyed with you because you're always trying to make them happy. Um, but you can't. And uh, no matter how hard you try, you can't take care of all their needs and you can't keep them happy all the time. And, and you discover that these people you're trying to keep happy, like they're crazy, right? People are crazy. And so you're not gonna be able to keep them happy. all the In fact, I, I'm not here to tell you that you need to find uncrazy people to be in your life. Here, here's what I want to tell you. If you're wondering if someone might be a good spouse for you or a good friend, the correct question is not, are they crazy? It's, do I love their crazy, right? Do I find their crazy cute and endearing? Um, otherwise, you might need to find somebody else with a different type of crazy. That's, that's going to do, but if... I know that's kind of silly, but seriously, if you actually make your life completely about keeping other people happy, you will end up in absolute and utter chaos because you'll never be able to do it. And in trying and in making it your goal, you will become just, um, you'll lose yourself. You'll forget who you are because you're just trying to be a chameleon uh, who shifts shapes and appearances all the time to keep everybody else happy you'll lose yourself in that, and you'll experience chaos. And then there's even another type of chaos we experience. And I'll tell you that the cure for those first two types of chaos is you put God first. And then sometimes you put God first, and what happens is you find out that well, I thought if I put God first that these things I struggle with, that they'd go away or they'd become easier. And what you find is they don't go away immediately. That God changes your perspective on them and they can go away over time through hard work and growing closer to God. Or you're following God and everything's good and man, life changes. And life throws you a curveball that you didn't see coming and it hits you right in the face. And you say, God, where are you now? And you're in the midst of chaos. And I want to let you know that there's a way within that chaos to find the Holy Spirit. And to allow it to bring meaning and order and joy into your life. And we see it here. And we often think about this passage from Pentecost. About the, being the first time you accept Christ. And I will tell you, I remember when I really accepted Christ for myself. And I've never had anything like that before that was as transformative and joyful and brought as much peace into my life. But I also recognize that each day I wake up, I need to be born again, again. Uh, I, I need to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior again because I am so prone to try to do it on my own. And I'll even uh, say I'm trying to serve Christ, but I'll be doing it on my own under my own willpower. Uh, I'll be trying to make other people happy or I'll be trying to achieve and acquire uh, rather than focusing on being faithful to God and trusting God with everything else. So this is a, what, what Peter tells the people to do when they first meet Jesus is what we need to do when we first meet Jesus and what we need to do every day of our lives after that. He says, repent and be baptized so your sins may be forgiven. Now you don't have to be baptized again. In fact, in the Methodist church, I would lose my job if I baptized you twice. Uh, We we don't believe in that. So that whole advice I got, not for that portion, but for everything else. Okay. (laughs) Repent Uh, So your sins may be forgiven and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Each day we need to say, Holy Spirit, live in me. Holy Spirit, God, each day we need to repent. And we generally think of repent as I'm just going to not do that bad thing that I sometimes do. That's how we generally think of repentance. That is part of repentance. That is the tip of the iceberg of repentance. But again, um, If that's all repentance is, then when we do that thing again, and and when that happens, you know, we're often shook up. We're like, but I said I was going to repent. And Jesus is sitting there going, not surprised. Like I've known you for a while. Here's the core of what repentance is. Repentance is gaining a new perspective on life. So the word for repent in the New Testament is the same word that means to turn around. So you were going this way and now you're going this way. But when you first turn around, okay, I'm facing this way and now I'm facing this way, I'm still in the same place. I haven't started moving very far yet. So a lot of my struggles are still gonna be similar when when I'm in that place. But what I have when I'm here that I didn't have when I was there is I have a whole new perspective, right? I I have a new perspective, I have a new path, I have a new goal. Uh, For instance, perspective matters so much. If we were to take 10 five-year-olds and we were to bring them up here and we were to put plates of food in front of them and on one plate of food was a three-day-old microwaved fast food hamburger. And on the other plate of food was a 12 ounce Angus beef, ribeye, pepper crusted with just a little bit of melted garlic butter on the top, the way God intended it, (laughs) and cooked perfectly uh, to medium as Jesus would have ordered his steak. (laughs) I'm guessing eight out of 10 go for the burger. Right? Eight out of 10. Now, if we did the same thing with 50 year olds, I'm guessing eight out of 10 go for the steak. And for the other two of you, we have a counseling center. <laughs> right? We'd be happy to, to get you an appointment. Um, you have a different perspective in life, right? You, you, have, you, you have a different perspective that makes you know. This is what's really good that you didn't have before. When you repent, you have a different perspective. You're living for God. And more than living for God, for God even, you're you're trusting God with the outcome. You no longer feel that you have to control the outcome. Because when you're living for yourself through achievement and acquisition, you're trying to control the outcome. When you're trying to keep everybody else happy, you're controlling the outcome. When you're living for God, you're seeking God. You will never know that peace until you surrender. And you say, God, I want the Holy Spirit to live in me and that the Holy Spirit lives in me. That means I have to surrender the outcome to you. That means my life it is no longer some kind of puzzle that I'm trying to make all the pieces fit in anymore. My life is now an adventure that is guided by the Holy Spirit. And I trust that that's the only thing I have to do and that you'll take care of everything else. And when, when you get there, what, what happens is you find that the Holy Spirit connects you to your backstory and to a new story. Because what God's gonna do is God's gonna use that backstory of the way in which God created you and the way in which God knew you before even the foundation of the earth, the way in which you were in God's heart. And God's gonna use uh, what's gone on in your life to this point, And God's gonna, gonna use that to, to lead you uh, to be completely unique and to be completely like everybody else. To do something nobody else, in, to do things nobody else in this world could do. And also to recognize that God loves everybody else in this world like God loves, loves you. And God has a story for them, a, a new story. And God has a story for us as a, as a community together. But God's going to connect you to this new story. And too often what we do is we, we don't realize our backstories. It, it's kind of like if, if you lived in East Tennessee long enough, have you ever noticed like you can tell what town somebody's from by how they talk? You know, or at least what, you know, you can tell if you're from Chattanooga, you're going to sound a little more like deep south. Like if you're from Sweetwater, like it's am- like we're going to know you're from Sweetwater because you're going to have a beautiful drawl, you know, in your uh, a- accent. Uh, if you're from the mountains, like we're, we're, we're going to know it. But it's amazing, isn't it, how everybody else in this world has an accent but you? Like, like none of us have accents. Everybody else has accents. If you walk around ignorant of your backstory, of the backstory God has for you and for creation, or if you take your backstory, the backstory of your family life, uh, the backstory of your personal life, your professional life, and you run from it, and you try to get away from it, and you've got pain and confusion and chaos back there, and you try to numb yourself to it, the problem is, it's like running from your shadow. It follows you everywhere you go. Uh, uh, Some of you might might have found like you took a vacation over Christmas break, and your family issues followed you on vacation. That's because you went, right? The only way to not get them to go is for you not to go. Our backstories follow us like a shadow. The question is, will we run from them? Will we hide from them? Or will we discover God's work within them? That's gonna be the biggest question that dictates where this year of your life goes. Will you run and hide or will you invite God in? Will you invite the Holy Spirit to transform, to redeem, uh, to take what chaos you're experiencing and make beauty and meaning and order out of it. And I know some of you might be thinking, you know, he doesn't know my chaos. He doesn't know what's happened to me, um, fa- fair enough. But I'm, I'm pretty familiar with chaos. I've done a lot of personal research into chaos. I know a lot of people uh, who know a lot about chaos, who, who've had it in their lives. And what, what I found is there's not one thing There's not one thing in this world that God can't heal. There's not one thing in this world that God can't redeem. Uh, There's not one place in this world from which God can't bring hope. If we're willing to surrender it, if we're willing to say, God, we we trust you with the outcome, Uh, we, we want your Holy Spirit to live in us so that we might know our backstory and we might participate in the new story. Because when God created the world... When God created the Grand Canyon, when God made the uh, mountains and put Mount Everest in its spot, when God created the oceans, when, when God made the beaches, God was just getting warmed up. That, 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 that was just a warm up for God compared to the work God's seeking to do in you, the work God's seeking to do in us, creating a new person, a new spirit. With a new story. If you'd like that new story to be a part of your new year, I'd invite you to pray with me. Gracious God, we give you thanks that there's no hurt you can't heal, uh, that there's no wound you can't cleanse, uh, that there's no sorrow you can't comfort, that there's no confusion to which you can't bring clarity, that there's no despair uh, in which you can't bring hope. We thank you, God, uh, that you've been a part of all our backstories. So all our backstories are sacred and all our backstories have beauty and grace within every moment of them, even uh, when there's also pain. God, we ask you to lead us and to guide us. Teach us to repent, to turn away from our ways of living for ourselves and our ways of controlling everything and to surrender to you that your Holy Spirit might live in us, that this life might be for us an adventure guided by your Holy Spirit that we might know our backstory and live into your new story uh, so that the story of our lives might be filled from top to bottom with your love, your grace, your beauty, your holiness. This is our prayer in the name of your son Jesus Christ and we all said together Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org.